Hey everyone, welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. This is, of course, Tyler, the beard, the king, the all-around guru of comics, me. And on the phone for our, I don't know what you'd call it, love connection, we've got J.P. Jones. What's up, buddy? Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, so uh, you sound like you got a mouthful there. Yeah, I'm eating some hot wings. How are they tasting? Hot. Hot. Some B-dubs. <clears throat> I, I really wanted to do... Yeah, we do got some B-dubs. I went to B-dubs earlier with some buddies to watch a football game, and then I brought some home, and um, I was like, you know what? I'm hungry, but it's podcast time. I was like, you know what? The people who listen to this podcast, they're going to be like, JP, you eat them wings, homie. Yeah, they don't care. Uh, no, no, I, I'm just going to... I'm just going to... I got one left. I'm just going to finish it off yeah. while we kind of just talk. And are, you bone in, di- are you bone in or bone boneless kind of guy? I used to be a boneless guy, but I've I've come to a complete revelation about bone-in wings are just so much better. Taste-wise? Yeah. My, uh, taste-wise. Taste-wise, and, like, if you're going to do wings, like, boneless is just, like, the cop-out. Yeah. Just, like, you know what I mean? Just go, just get chicken strips then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was at, it's true. I was in Ames yesterday, and we ate at the Pizza Pit, and the wings there uh, were terrible. <laughs> so you got yours from Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, do you think Buffalo Wild Wings is nationwide? Oh yeah, that's so, a nationwide chain. And so everybody listening probably knows what we meant by B Dubs, right? I, I would think so, but for anybody who doesn't know, it's B Dubs is Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep, it's a sports bar, and their main attraction is pretty much wings. Yeah, unless um, I'm there, but- then I'm the main attraction. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, yeah. But um, I would say their wings are pretty good. All right. So for tonight's uh, matchmaker episode, JP, we're going to ask you a series of questions about your love life. No, I'm just kidding. Beautiful. Just, I was going to say I'm ready, dude. Just kidding. Um. So I mean, have you got rid of that STD yet? <laughs> well, I mean, you can't get you can't get AIDS twice. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an all it's an all or nothing thing. I mean, well, that, and it's just, you know, then you're just, like, fair game. I mean, it's free to go, free yeah. to roam, like, yeah. Yeah. when you get it. Yeah. People are like, it's all so bad. Okay, that's horrible. I'm not going yeah. to continue to We better just about stop, <laughs> stop with the AIDS jokes. I mean, <laughs> we could do, we could go, we could go with crabs. I mean, we could do, we could talk oh, about, yeah. yeah. The gift that keeps giving. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, a lot of Batman out this week. It was crazy. A ton. A ton. And I don't mind it. I'm a big fan, of course, of the character. Um, I didn't get read yet, though, that Joker Harley um, book that came out on Black Label. Um, Not as good as Harleen. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, I feel like you shouldn't have both of those going at the same time. Okay. So that was my other question. They're not, they don't work in tandem with each other, huh? No. Okay. Yeah, it just feels it feels weird. It feels like kind of overexposure, over oversaturation. Do you think the black label stuff is in its own shared universe, or is each one a one and done, like its own contained universe? Now, black label um, has been said. You know, when it first came out, it was said it's original. It's original content for original stories. Um, <clears throat> they will kind of acknowledge each other if the story deems so yeah. so like white knight and then curse of the white knight yeah you know of course those take place in the same yeah because one's a sequel 
Yeah, exactly. So other than that, though, all the Black Label stuff are going to be self-contained within their own universes and just told with a mature um, theme. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. And it's a good place just to tell those stories. You know, what I really like about the um, Harley one is that, you know, we know that she has had a professional career before she she herself went insane, you know. And uh, um, it's just fun to see this different retelling of it because she's never really been a standout um, solo character. But I think by really digging deep into her backstory and the psychology of her breakdown and how the Joker basically, um, I don't know what you'd call it, just well, she's the ultimate Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, you know. But it was weird though because um, not not even really because she wasn't a victim of his like a kidnap victim. It happened while she was interviewing him in Arkham. You know what I mean? JP, did we lose you? You still there, bud? Still here. Just washed my hands after those tasty wings. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. You 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 cut out completely there. Oh yeah, because I turned my microphone on mute. <laughs> oh okay. Because I didn't want you to hear the faucet running. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is a this is a homebody show. If anybody didn't know <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, it's JP JP at home. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm just like going about my daily duties. No, I under, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, but truly though, I mean, um, yeah, she wasn't like held captive, but she was captivated by his, his personality and who he was Oh yeah, acknowledging her as an, not just as a doctor and a being, but as something more than that. So, um, yeah, I, I believe that she is the ultimate Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. You know, um, I do. Bear. I do like her the way they wrote her in the white knight stuff because, um, you know, she really likes the, uh, Jack Napier side of Joker in that story. Yeah. She's much more of like, let go of the Joker and be this person, be somebody whose society needs you to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Joker, he, we finally have a Joker solo book. Um, look, I think it's a one shot, correct? Yes, this is a one-shot. It's the Year of the Villain Joker story uh, written by uh, Hick, John no. Carpenter, the yeah, horror Carpenter. legend. Yeah. Um, has he written comic books in the past? He has done some sci-fi comics himself. Uh, he's also done uh, his own, um, uh, co-wrote his own like Big Trouble Mold China comics, which continues the story of the, um, the movies, mm-hmm. which... I'm a huge fan of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite movies is Big Trouble in Little China. But I, I didn't feel like the Big Trouble in China kind of lived up to the uh, the film. Can I tell I you? They went. Yeah, go ahead. Can I tell you my Big Trouble Little China little anecdote? Please. Um, I think we had this conversation, but it'll be fun for the air, uh, for the old podcast on the interwebs here. Um, so well, I was married once before, uh, once before our, uh, my marriage to Peggy. And... Uh, the day of my wedding, I had I had my brother's best friends um, being my ushers for my wedding, and okay. f- for whatever reason, they thought they needed to get me a gift. So these two guys ran to Target and quickly wrapped it in I don't know this wedding gift as in a uh, hastily wrapped paper. I don't remember what it was, but it was just ridiculous. And I opened it up, and it was a um, copy, a DVD copy of. 
Big Trouble Little China from the discount bin at Target. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was no explanation why that movie. I don't what have a great gift. I don't have a huge affinity for it. Um and, I know we and, had this conversation and I yeah, almost punched you. Yeah, but but the funny thing is is like so I to this day have no idea why they chose that movie. All they said was Kurt Russell rules and then they <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Russell does rule. They have a great point. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, uh, I think we had this conversation about big trouble in old China and yeah. you were like, but it wasn't, I think on... you were saying like, it was like a movie that like doesn't stand up. And I was like, how dare you? Right. Right. I just said, I'm just saying it's a little dated. <laughs> oh no. That movie is awesome. I love that. Movie. It is for me. It's fun for comic relief because it's supposed to be an action comedy, but to me it's more silly, I guess. But, I disagree. All right, <laughs> disagree. It's got great action. It's got great comedy. Great comedy. I think it's just it's one of those films. It's just right up there. With- yeah, it's a it's a period. It, it's it's definitely you know like the a movie of the times. Eighties. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, it's just I don't know. There's something special about it. It's it's like Americanized Hong Kong action flick. Yeah. About this, you know, hundred percent Yep. You know, dopey. Um, good luck hero, you know, because Jack Burton doesn't really have skills. He's just no. like one of his skills is basically that he's just super lucky. Like <laughs> his his role. And the at- hero of the film, the hero of the film is actually Wang, like yeah. his 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 uh, sidekick. Yeah, that's the hero of the film. Yeah, and Jack Burton is the tagalong. You know, it's not too different from his role as Cash in Tango and Cash. Um, yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, that movie, he was a goofy cop, that, but he was good at his job. But, we, you know, he just kind of seemed bumbling in that movie. You know what I mean? And he just kind of... Yeah, I hear you. He he's was, supposed to be, though. Like, he's, just, he's the dumb luck hero. Like. Yeah. And, you know, counter to Sylvester Stallone's um, tango character, you know? And I don't know. I think uh, Sylvester Stallone was talking like he wants to make a sequel to that. Really? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> He was really talking about when they were talking about the. He was in an interview talking about the new Rambo film, which got horrible reviews. Yeah. Um, but somebody was asking about Tango and Cash, and he was like, "Actually, uh, I uh, approached uh, Kurt with it and asked him if he wanted to do it." And he was like, "I, I just don't think that the modern audiences want to see that." And he's like, "Come on, Kurt, you're the man. You're the dude. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch." So it. he's really pushing for it. I'd watch it. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan though, so I'm biased. Like, I, I love. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't see it just because like I'm a film goer. I would see it because I'm a Kurt Russell fan. I agree. I I think he that movie was awesome. I really liked their vehicle that they got from his techie friend. Um, yeah. Right. It was a uh, like a SUV with a machine gun on the side. It just looked bad. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Grave Digger with guns. Yep. Yep. It was actually. Um. Uh, so funny. this Joker book. Let's talk about it. Yeah, what'd you think? I liked it. Um, I thought it was a slow burn, though. I thought it. It. I don't know. I. I. I thought it was going to be a miniseries based on, um, how it was slow it was going for me. But then I got to the end. I'm like, oh, I think that's the end. I think it's over. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it does kind of play off that way. Um, but that's just John Carpenter's writing. I think. I think he's just kind of um, one of those guys that he's written horror movies for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the key things about horror movies is you never, you never want to leave it at completely a uh, complete finality because then no. there's no room for a sequel, and horror movies are all about sequels. So 
Um, this but one. I thought it was really good, and I thought it was um, poignant because it was very reminiscent of the Joker film in uh-huh. terms of dealing with mental illness. That's why I didn't really like it. I just didn't feel like we need a book that kind of follows the tropes of the movie. Um, yeah. I mean, he had a tag-along, criminally insane partner, but I like the end where the partner said you're not insane you're crazy or you're how did he word it um no he said he said you're sane you're not insane you are sane yeah and then he said something about oh god i gotta look it up shit take your time take your time all right Uh, sorry i'm laying down on my bed kind of in a kind (laughs) of in a kind of in a weird position here yeah it's a homebody show tonight folks yep i'm uh I like the part where his mom um, says, did you get a tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, I'm looking forward, looking forward, looking forward, looking forward. Yeah, the Joker is saying, and he goes, my brain doesn't work right. Can be hard to tell what's real, but not now. Sorry you had to see this, Mom, Uh, but I was wrong. He's evil. That's what I was looking for. He's evil, not crazy. I'm crazy, not evil. And you didn't like that? Oh no, I did like that where he was where he was saying I don't. It just was that distinction, you know. Um, the movie didn't go there. The movie went completely um, mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen the new Joker film yet? Yeah, I saw it today. Oh, did you? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was really, really good. I um, I'm going to put it up there in my top three movies of all time, definitely. Wow. I wish it could be the official story for joker but i know they need to in dc canon they need to keep his past you know a secret i mean when they let logan's secret out uh secret origin out um it just kind of ruined it for me yeah it kind of wrecked the character a little bit for you yeah or just got rid of the mystery yeah and that's what's that's what's intriguing about the characters yeah he doesn't really have a history that is per se i wish this story accurate yeah um, I did like the, you know, it was just a fun, crazy night out in the town where they stole some Batman and Robin costumes and just went crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And yeah, the um, juxtaposition of um, villain becoming hero and um, this guy following along and tagging along as, as his as his ward and you know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, um, yeah, I thought it was really great. Uh, that guy was terrified, you know? I mean, he could definitely tell, like, okay, I'm crazy but this is this is too much exactly like this is like over and beyond past what i even can comprehend and i'm already in the world of weird i think i thought it was just okay because hot on the heels of the movie i didn't think we needed a comic book that kind of told the same story well and i don't think it was meant that way i don't think um i don't think uh john carpenter meant it to be no a film tie-in no. and i say tie-in tie-in loosely but um it just i think it just was like happenstance that it happened that way for you know our, I mean? for like our listeners it is not like the movie whatsoever except for the fact that it touches on mental illness it's a that's a big theme throughout this story that's the yes, that's, that's probably that's, the over one number yeah. one overall theme there that's really kind of the uh the kicker yeah that really makes us um compare it mm-hmm. but um I don't think it's John Carpenter's fault. I think he wrote that story and had no idea that the Joker film was going to kind of follow those same same themes. Yeah. So 
um i don't think it's his fault but but yeah it's it's um it didn't have the same impact if it would have without the joker film coming out so close yeah for sure i agree um i did really like that it was from the perspective of that other patient that was kind of cool just just yeah rather than being a joker story it was actually more of a joker character study from someone who was absolutely close to him you know this guy this guy yeah just being drug along for the ride yeah the crazy adventure yeah exactly um i don't know it's fun to see one and done stories but you don't i don't read them too often so i just kind of felt like oh that's it <laughs> <laughs> it's over you know we don't get them too often so when it's like real quick you're just like oh okay i was watching american horror story today and i came to the end of the season i was watching and i was didn't i wasn't aware that i was watching the last episode till (laughs) you're like shit i should have paid attention (laughs) okay no and then so when when the episode ended and the next episode was starting i noticed it was the next season episode one and i'm like fuck it ended and i didn't even realize it (laughs) it was funny it was that season of uh the cult right the the donald trump um election one. Oh, sure i i didn't get to see that one um that was kind of like right after right after freak show yeah is when i think cable became kind of a an afterthought for me yeah like uh, anywhere i lived i just didn't have any actual like midco or you know cable provider uh-huh so that's kind of when the show went to the wayside for me in terms of watching it hey you can come back they're all on netflix Exactly, exactly. I think I'll get there eventually. It's just there's so much content. Uh-huh. There's a ton. Um, I just started... Just content s- out the wazoo. For all shows, but um, yeah. even even um, just within American Horror Story, eight seasons is a lot of horror uh, anthology to watch. Well, that and like one thing I think about uh, American Horror Story is I don't actually have to, like, watch each, each season in succession because uh-uh, it's not at they're, all they're so individual yeah know? they are very loose so, they are very loosely connected but yes uh, i mean they take place in the same kind of overall realm yeah overall universe and world yeah but yeah i mean i could totally just jump to whatever season i wanted to and have a good time yeah and this current this season seven that i just watched they made a lot of references to twisty from the carnival one you know the evil clown oh sure yep, yep yeah yep. they made a lot of references to him um, that was one of my least favorite seasons or least favorite uh, was Freak Show was it I had a because hard... there was just it had so much potential to be so much better yep. so, I mean for a, for a season called Freak Show it could have had so much cool stuff there but it was just really bland and like uh-huh. there was it was such a roller coaster of like up and down like oh a good episode a bad episode a good episode a bad episode a bad episode a good episode a good episode and then it was like yep. three bad ones in a row and I'm like fuck this is just terrible I agree. Um, and then for me, a harder season. I don't know if you even watched it. Was the Lady Ga- Lady Gaga season, where um, Hotel? Yep, that was hard. That was harder for me to get through. Um, Some people were saying that too. Yeah, Hotel was was a tougher one to get through. Um, then this Donald Trump one. It was hard for me to get past the first episode, but once I did, I was I really liked it. Yeah. Because I was like, I'll have to check it out. I was like, I don't want to watch a whole season that's based on how people are pissed that Trump is president. But it, <laughs> but that was really just that was really just the first episode, and then more of a more of a theme kind of kick that, it off. That was the kickoff that started this whole cult, and so um, yeah, it it was cool, um, and I'm glad I 
pushed past just the first episode. So, One show I could never I could never push past the first episode was was uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. I never even tried. I'm like, I looks, oh man, yeah, it was rough. I was yeah. like, I I I looked and I, I watched first episode of Luke Cage on Netflix, and then I looked to see how many episodes it was, and yeah. I saw it was like 13 episodes and I was like 13 hours of this shit like I'm like no way I can't I can't do it I can't handle it yeah like I can't put if I didn't like the first episode how am I how am I gonna watch 12 more um I didn't even try cause I'm not interested in that character whatsoever and then and then um let's Power, go ahead. Iron Man and Power Fist I did not want to watch or Power Fist yeah, and Iron I Man mean, or I what is it called <clears throat> Uh, Iron Fist and Power Man. Yeah, there you go. Those are like Defenders. Around. Yeah, the Defenders can't stand it. Defenders I watched because it had it had a uh, Daredevil in it. Yeah, but um, I did power through Iron Fist because uh, I'm a martial arts fan, so the show had a lot of martial arts scenes and a lot of martial arts action. Yeah, which I was which I was like, all right, I, I can I can deal with this because like I like martial arts films, and mm-hmm. martial arts stuff. So I, even if it's bad, I can watch it. Like. It's just uh, Luke Cage is so one-sided, you know. Like he's bulletproof and he's super strong. It's like his his fight scenes are just really narrow in terms of like what they can do. Right. Like, oh great, he punched that guy. Awesome, he ran through a wall. Like, cool. You're like, of course you know he can. I mean? Like, because yeah, um, you it's like just, it's not dynamic. Speaking of martial arts, my wife yesterday in Ames tested for her second degree black belt. So, ooh, how'd that go? It went really well. We just got home. We got home pretty late last night, but um, so she went and tested for that, and she'll get her results this week. And gotcha, then, gotcha. Yeah, and then a couple of years, I'll be going for my fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. Good lord, good Kicking ass, good lord indeed. I'd really wish Eating that. Best. I really wish there was a club in the area that taught hapkido because hapkido and taekwondo both are Korean martial arts, and they go really well together if you know them both. Um, but it's just tough to find a quality Hapkido instructor. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, so we also read. Oh, I also read Oblivion Song. Which how was, was that? I haven't. I didn't read that. I haven't had a chance to. It's going really good. It um, was in my pile, and then I just got busy this week. So the the faceless men have taken over oblivion you know taking control of everyone they're using them basically as slaves and um okay and so they, they, they've kind of like asserted themselves now yeah and then um there's one rogue nameless person that has been trying to help them faceless person i mean has been trying to help ed's group um okay. so trying to smuggle out the baby that ed and lucy had and but Ed has been in um, our world with Nathan, um, so it's just been this kind of crisis about how Ed's going to get back and find them. A little bit. That's good though. I mean, <clears throat> I, I've always liked uh, Oblivion Song. I think it's um, very very good in terms of Robert Kirkman's uh, follow up to Walking Dead. I know I don't uh, sound very enthusiastic about it, and it's just because it's kind of like Walking Dead right now, where Walking Dead was at the end, where it was pretty slow burn, and yeah, I feel that way with the Oblivion with Oblivion Song too. Um, yes, the people have been taken over by the faceless people. Ed needs to find them, but it's just like get there already. It just feels like we wait. <laughs> we're probably wasted three three issues of nothing happening. Well, that was always my argument with that book, though, um, was uh, 
it moves at a better pace because there's two stories to be told but um that's disheartening to hear that the, it's kind of falling into the same trope this one is uh, this issue yeah i mean it'll probably change now that i've said something because i'm you know i'm a trendsetter so and i and i'm yeah I, i'm a yeah i'm a mover and a shaker people listen to what i say um so Kirk, gosh darn it people like me because i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me people like me um so powers of x number six of six or as i like to call it x 12 of 12 um it <laughs> i seriously don't see the point of needing it to be a double series why not just have one through 12 and put it in the order you want to because it's not like it alternated house powers house powers um sometimes it would go house powers powers house um it was just weird yeah and i kind of fought that for a long time but i'm, I'm totally with you now like I'm not really sure why we just didn't go issues one through 12. Yeah. Um, I like all of it. I'm not saying to leave any of it out. I'm just saying, why, no, 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 please. Why, like why leave it all in, but why I don't know why, why two series. Yeah. Yeah. Why the segregation? Um, I don't know. And I'm holding out to like, maybe that remains to be seen at this point, like in terms of the segregation and why, because you could read house, you could read house without powers and be just fine. But I don't think you can really read powers without having read house. You'll be lost. Yeah, um, and since the beginning, you know, we've we've said that Powers has been the weaker of the two. Yeah, and um, yeah, a- I, I I agree though. It's like you could have totally just read House and just called it a day. Like, yeah, but I do like the information that we get in this. It's a retelling of Charles, so it jumps back to Charles and Moira when Charles thinks they met, but Moira, of course, has seen him many many lifetimes, um, seven of them, I believe. Um, and then, so Charles learns in an instant, everything that Moira has known, um, all the times that she's loved him, the times that she's hated him. Um, he sees all that in her and, um, yeah, they decide that's the moment they decide to go forward with what they're going to do, um, to create this new society which I think is a really cool turning point because it's like I've been complaining the whole time. I don't like this. Charles Xavier seems cold, seems uh, whatever. And this is the moment that he decides, you know what? I've seen everything Moira has to show me and I'm in, you know? Yeah. And I've been a fan of this Charles Xavier since day one. Like people have kind of been like, why do you like this? Like evil Charles? I'm like, he's not evil. Like I have read so many evil. I've read a lot of comments on Facebook pages and, and things like that where people are going, are the X-Men bad now? Are they the bad guys now? People are really, really confused over this. Yeah, like, I just don't understand why, why people are confused about it. Like, I, I mean, I get it, because, like, X-Men have always fought for the good of everyone. Yeah. But now the stakes are different. The stakes are um, fight for themselves or die. Yeah. Or, um, be, or be completely wiped out. And that's why I've been a fan and a proponent of this new Xavier. Yeah. It's just he's an Xavier with no... I guess I'm struggling to find a word, but no, I guess no qualms about cutting humanity off. Obviously we saw in the last issue where he gave everyone an ultimatum. You want these drugs, you'll pay for it and you'll recognize us as a country. And yeah, no compassion for anybody but himself and his own people. That's, that's, I guess the best way to describe it is is that, and, and that's what he's needed for the longest time because that's what, um, 
he's really realized with talking with Moira and looking at the future and seeing these futures. I mean, he's seen, is, he saw what I think six different, seven different lifetimes and the outcome is always bad, right? It's and, always, they, they lose. It's always, they die. Yeah. And his approach has always been to have a, um, mutant human harmony. And what they're saying is no, that's never going to happen. So let's mutants. Let's we're just going to try and strive to survive, you know, and yeah, um, it's, it's just not possible. You yeah, know? It's and so a, so to make that happen, in a way that that Xavier's original vision carried, you know, it's just not a, it's not feasible. <clears throat> and so they go about setting. I mean, those who have lived under a rock, the story is they go about setting up their new society on the island of the living island of Krakoa, and and it's just been this crazy twelve issue ride of us seeing the ramifications of that. I mean, even in the future, we find out that the, um, basically Skynet has taken over. If you, if you know Terminator <laughs> two, um, so the phalanx have phalanx, I don't know how to pronounce it, have basically taken over and killed off all the mutants base. Right. In that, in the, yeah, they've, t- they've, they've taken over. Yeah. The, asc- in, um, the ascendancy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, alien technology has pretty much ruled the galaxy, and now we've come to a collective consciousness I mean, of Wolverine. millions and millions of different civilizations into one giant super conscious kind of thing. Like, and, and Wolverine is like the only mutant, and one other one, and Moira, they're the only ones that have still made it, you know, throughout this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the original X Men, mutants were still in that captivity space. But none of them were the original like X Men, X Men that we knew. Um, okay, they were kind of kept there as like preserve, you know. Yeah, nature preserve, and then studied. And Wolverine with his abilities and Moira with her abilities, they were just kind of those last two remnants of the X Men, the bygone era. Did we need to see? I'm sorry to jump around, but did we need to see at the end of this book the Return of the Jedi Ewok thing? Um, Right, the celebration in the woods, and you know what I'm talking about. That's not a, not again. I mean, I, I know Why, this, we already saw that in Powers. Like, I know like that's a, a just few like, issues ago. Yeah, that's it. That's one of the confusing things with this book is like, I, you know, I, I always I'm still kind of waiting for that Hickman like gotcha moment, but it's just like I don't don't know where it is or when it's coming. Not with the, and not, maybe it's still. That's why I'm saying this this twelve issue series, while awesome, and it's setting up a hell of a a, a story. The six issues, I mean, it really didn't take you anywhere, um, or the twelve issues, I should say, didn't really take you anywhere, and it just kind of felt like it was nothing but set up. It's not a contain. Do you know what I'm saying? It's bo- yeah. It's boring on its own. If you didn't know that it was the preview to the series, as the series coming up, series is the series coming up. Um, <clears throat> yeah, when you get really cut and dry with it and nitty gritty, um, House was the exciting one, and, and Powers just seemed to be the one that was just like, uh, I guess I, I guess I better read Powers. You yeah. know what I mean? And the problem I have with it too is like I like the idea of um, uh, large tales like this. Um, if I wanted to give long form storytelling, yeah. If I was going to give somebody a graphic novel of Powers and House, they would have to then, and then like that's the only exposure to X Men. It wouldn't be very good because it's not left finished or wrapped up. It's just it's just an intro, 
you know? Hey, well, it's it's a launch board, yeah. It's a, it's a mm. leaping board. It sets up a whole different universe. So, um, so it's, yeah, we- it's really hard. It's, it's weird in it's that really sense, hard. you know, in that in that sense that it's 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 much needed information. It's just a weird delivery of it, I guess. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, <clears throat> I'm with you on that 100. percent And I'm still waiting for the Hickman, like I said earlier, the gotcha moment. There's, yeah. I believe there's going to be one, probably, and yeah. that really ties all that together. But we'll kind of have to see what happens with X Men that comes out this upcoming Wednesday. I know. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited for that, and I really think that's going to be an action-packed. Excuse me. I really think that's going to be an action-packed issue because of the 12 issues of complete and utter setup we just got. I hope so. I mean, it, it was you shouldn't need any um, setup because it's already been done. It, I'm hoping that we get action now. <clears throat> right. Not, and I, I think we're. I mean, we as fans definitely deserve it because we've. Uh, gone through 12 weeks of storytelling so I mean let's give us some X-Men action let's go uh-huh. but uh, I guess it, you know that remains to be seen until the issue comes out but I I do think that that's where we're going to be heading is um, action Hope so. getting, in, getting into it I, I, I like that we find out that Moira she's been keeping journals this whole time and you know is going to be is using them to set up I, at first I didn't realize that she was the impetus behind this whole new society you know what i mean and now that she, oh, yeah. now that it's been that's was the reveal um it's really cool you know because i've always seen her just as a a side character with no powers and now she's got some of the coolest powers and you can do a lot with it um because well i mean complete and utter world resetting powers i mean the powers that she's been revealed to have is completely uh earthbreaking ground you know and um it just sets up a whole new status quo for yeah, because, everything. Because with every rebirth, it's basically a new timeline that writers can yeah. play in, and they can be like, oh, that didn't happen because Moira died after that, so it reset. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, well, very interesting to see what they do with that, and it's going to be, uh, hopefully it's not it's not going to be a mechanic that they lean on too much. Right. I mean, I can see that getting used like to a point where it's like, oh my god. Yeah, we're just gonna reset the timeline again. Nothing matters, but I mean, um, we'll have to see. We'll have I, to see. I do like it that some of the questions I had last week about the different groups that um, that Hickman showed us as far as the council. You know, like there was like three mutants per group: winter, uh, yeah. autumn. I do like that that was explained a little bit better. I mean, not completely. Yeah, not completely, but it was explained but a little bit more why into more into your liking of like I don't understand this kind of thing. So. Yeah, now like it, Charles gave his reasons why certain people were put together like you know he has himself with magneto so he can keep an eye on him um apocalypse um is one of the most powerful mutants so he was put with i don't know sinister i think um no i think it was apocalypse him and magneto were on one. Oh, okay yeah and then um that's sinister right. so was they put can keep on with th- so they can like, keep an uh, eye on mystique uh, on apocalypse that's what it was yeah yeah um, and that's what i'd said in in our uh previous episode yeah um, about that but it's interesting because emma frost hasn't picking a red king yet um and yeah and we were kind of glib to that last time we talked yeah because um, it looked we, like it was redacted the way they had it blacked out but it's more so the fact that she just hasn't picked one yet <laughs> yeah it's it's a title so she hasn't picked a person to be the red king yeah um which a- you know in our naivety of uh, x-men stuff like 
I yeah. guess that's how that works. Yeah. I yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't know if those titles were things in the past or not. I mean, I know that she's always been the white queen or the snow queen or whatever, but um, Sebastian Shaw, has he always been known as the, God, what color king was he? Um, the Black King. Black King. Has that been a title for As far for him? as I know. Okay. Weird. But I'm not the authority on this stuff, you know, and, and um, through no fault of my own, I just, uh, this is the reason that we're talking about X-Men so much is because, you know, I've always wanted to be an X-Men fan in terms of reading it, but it's just in recent history, in recent time, in modern comics, the X-Men have been treated like trash. That's how I feel about Doctor Who. I really wanted to jump on with Doctor Who and I've never really been able to. Doctor Who, huh? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always like some kind of property that you want to get into that everybody likes. Like for me, Game of Thrones, I'm so behind on Game of Thrones. Um, I was that way about Lost. You know, you just want to get into it, but you're just not sure how (laughs) or where. (laughs) I think Doctor Who, and this might sound sexist to me, but I think Doctor Who is just more of a girl thing. Is it? I think so. Like most Doctor Who fans that I know are women. And that's not a bad thing. It's just... I, I I feel like it just caters to uh, a female audience. I've I've seen a much few more than a male audience. I've seen a few episodes, and you know, I guess I didn't know that that it was more of a. Um, it just in terms of fandom, like I'm not talking about the show itself. I'm not talking about that. And don't don't at me, everyone. Don't be like <laughs> <laughs> everyone. But, um, our two I, our two listeners. Oh whatever. <laughs> um, but what I mean is like every fan that I met in, and I work in a place where we sell, you know, collectibles, Dr. Who and people crap. who come in, you know, Dr. Who stuff. Yeah. Um, the people who come in and ask for Dr. Who tend to be female. Huh. That's cool. It's kind of the same thing with Harry Potter though. A lot of Harry Potter fans that I've met and a lot of Harry Potter fans that are looking for that kind of stuff. Women. Yeah. Like it's just, I, I feel like it's more targeted and geared towards that. Um, than actually at the male crowd. Well, I think the story, I think there's a lot of male Harry Potter fans, but I think the oh there are. But oh, I don't think, get me wrong. I'm not trying to be the, you know. I think in the world of like super fandom, like cosplaying fandom, I think that yeah, you're right. Mostly women. That's just how I feel with uh, Whovians with, with the who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So I felt that way about X Men, kind of in that same vein. Going, I've always really liked the idea of what they're doing but never knew what would be a good issue to jump on a good um you know graphic novel to read i mean i've got a lot of wolverine stuff because his stuff you know is beyond the x-men you know he's you don't see a lot of scott summer stuff that's not x-men related right and but wolverine's been one of those characters that transcends the affiliation with the x-men and i really like that Oh, 100%. He's one of those standout heroes and standout characters. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, it's It was really hard. Um, in modern X-Men, you know, you could always go back to the classics, but, you know, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted a modern story that I could follow. Yep. One, one that I could stay up on, one that I could keep reading and buying, you know, weekly, if not monthly, off of the shelf. And that just n- did not happen Um during my course of time trying to get into it. I think just, now that you're going to get into it with this new series in a couple days, um, are you going to go back and try to um, collect some back X-Men stuff for some backstory of things that might come up? No. Unless, like, 
unless it's like super you're like i, I need to yeah i'm just gonna stick with I, i've just been burned too many times by that road you know and that and that ride yeah i've tried and um i've been there done that yeah and i hate to say that but i mean i'm with some of those fans that are completely just burned by it because there's fans out there that won't even read this new stuff because they were burned so bad by previous x-men relaunch after relaunch after world end after world end after reboot after reboot after new team and new team it's just i get it you know i understand yeah and then and then you're invested after a while before you even notice you've invested so much into it and realize you don't even like it so then you feel like how do i get out of this because i put my time and energy into it and i if it gets better i want to be there for when it gets better but at certain point you know you have to cut yourself off i mean it's like it's like being a weezer fan really <laughs> that's funny uh well that's funny that is funny because they've done the same thing just bad record after bad record but yet somehow i for some reason i keep buying them that's you just keep buying it that's stockholm yeah. syndrome brother that's funny that's funny <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's just too bad that the it's come to that but you know that's uh, hickman's here to fix it hickman's here to fix it and to our regular listeners we might be sounding like a broken record here yeah but you know we talk about it weekly because this is this is the new events that's really going to um make or break the complete future of the x-men i think you know, this is it's, the end-all be-all for what um is to come i haven't really found any good independent series that have started up lately i mean not not more than one or two you know what I mean? Well, especially something that's in, especially something that's supposed to be long lasting. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely not a whole lot out there that's been long lasting. You know, we're fans of the independent scene, but the independent scene is very um, six issue miniseries right? here, well, twelve right. issue miniseries there. Yeah, but uh, even that, I haven't really come across any good ones lately. Now, it's not like it was a year ago where it was like every other week there was an awesome series popping up. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I oh, and there's a lot of stuff that we've switched to. <clears throat> um, we talked about this before, but I mean, um, we've kind of switched to a little bit more uh, where our show used to be like exclusively independent comics. Yeah. Um, now it's switched almost to Marvel. Almost. 50-50. Yeah, Marvel and DC, and then um, and then independent, and that's fine with me. We follow the storytelling. We don't follow. We don't follow labels. You know what I mean? Um, right, right. We follow. We go where the stories are, and we go with what's interesting. And we go with what we like. I mean, it's not, exactly. I mean, um, I don't topic of the week. I don't care if it's a Marvel book or or a Valiant book. If it's a good story and it's got that um, <clears throat> originality tale, that it's got a sense of um, um, you believe it. Like for me, when I read an X Men book lately, one of those X books, I don't feel like I'm sitting there reading a comic book. I feel like I'm in that world. You know what I mean? Right. It really, it, it's like a good novel. It just kind of takes you away. And it really sells it. Yeah. And a lot of, and I hate to say it because I'm a huge indie fan, but lately indie comics just haven't pulled me in like that. Um, I will There's say, nothing wrong with that. It goes in spurts for us. I it will, goes in spurts for that industry. I will say this about um, one series, though, and I'm not just saying this because they're our friends, but um, with um, Elliot Rahal and Clara Meath with their Midnight Vista. Um, yeah. I do feel like that there's some authenticity behind that because Elliot had, I mean, that's based off of real events that he was telling us about. Um, not the, not the ripping his heart open kind of thing, but, the, <laughs> but the, uh, but no, it was based off an experience that he had and it's, it, it's explored in yeah. a narrative way. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, 
I I need some genuine um, believability originality. behind it. Yeah, yeah. All that and some originality rather than just a wash, a wash, rewrinse, and rewallpaper of a different story. Uh huh. And so you've already seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like lately, what's going on, uh, Marvel, um, and I'm going to always read DC books because I'm such a Batman fan. But Batman's doing it in a different way, where they're just launching all of these Batman titles that are. Um, one and done they're not in the main continuity which is cool because we get to have all these batman stories like we talked about the events of dark knight's metal kind of being the catalyst for all of that and so i really mm-hmm. like what's going on with all that marvel is doing really cool with this uh x-men stuff i really like absolute carnage stuff um although i am starting to get oh. bored i wish it would move along a little faster I think it just needs. I think they need uh, the um, frequency in which the comic needs uh, was coming out. I think they needed to move the schedule up. Yeah, but um, I understand they got to fill out a an event schedule, which is like three months. But you know, if I know Donny Cates, yeah, then he's already way ahead, and it's just like just get this stuff out. You know? Yeah, just let us they got they got to throw out these tie-ins though without getting ahead of the timeline because you have so right. because you have so many books involved. You have to really pay close attention to where which character is at what time, and yeah, you got to be careful because you could screw up the whole thing with one issue. Yeah, and so if you release one of the main books at the wrong time, it could you know really make a, a lot of nerds angry. A big boo boo. Yeah, um, but yeah. anyway, I hear, I hear you. Anything else you want to uh, chit chat about? Um, <clears throat> nothing that we can delve into super hard right now. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's happening on the on the horizon is, you know, we kind of talked about the state of books and mm-hmm. like DC doing their own thing right now and like releasing a lot of individual just one shots. But um, DC is on the cusp of another relaunch. That's going to happen, whether we like it or not. It's really? going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's called 5G, not the cell phone towers. So your internet isn't going to be faster, but it's called 5G for Generation 5. Okay, so this, so, wait, I'm just letting our uh, listeners know this is literally the first I'm hearing of this. So I am very um, attentive. Go ahead, JP. Uh, I don't know much about it because I don't want to like I wasn't trying to like wreck it for myself or like start the whole speculation crowd uh-huh. uh, on it but it is called 5G and it is a DC creation that is going to have new versions or I guess you know without saying the R word relaunch that's exactly what they're doing is there's a relaunch happening and in the works it's going to be coming down the pipeline I don't know much about it but I just want to let people know that it's going to be something that we'll probably be talking about a lot in the future so um, are we still in rebirth? I mean, is that really what the the version of DC continuity we're in right now? Um, I mean, it really depends on who you ask because rebirth came out and it was quickly abandoned in terms of like the tagline. Yeah, so you, know? you don't see that at, on the top of the comic anymore. That flag that we would always see the rebirth. Yeah, uh, so the it's, banner. It's and, in a weird. It's in a weird state of I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. I are think, we still in rebirth? Are we still in rebirth? Yes, we are in terms of. But they don't the call it that lines, anymore. But they have dropped the, um, yeah, they've dropped that tagline. Yeah, when I was uh, from pretty much I, all the books. When I was really young, I was part of Generation X. Then, as I got older, I was lumped in with this Generation Y. Then they did away with that, and now I got lumped in with millennials. I was born at that wrong time too. So. <laughs> 
um, I just don't know if this is going to be a good move or a bad move. I, I why do that's we... why I'm just I'm only just talking. I'm only like saying like you know that hey it's coming out. It's like something that is in the works. I, I just want to touch on it. But let's I, play I, the speculation game. Why would they need to relaunch? Sales. Sales are dwindling on what titles? Batman. Uh, anything that's not anything that's not Batman or Superman. Yeah, I don't even think Superman sells that well, does it? I mean, you would know better than me, but. I mean, yeah, it sells good, but I mean, Batman is a guarantee all the time. But I mean, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, but like um, the way that our current market is is number ones sell better, and number ones get people talking, and number ones get people speculating, and number ones get people in the in the door to buy books. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's only a momentary uh, sales bump, but they're not interested in long term sales. You know what I mean? Like they're just interested in pumping out those number one books to get those those numbers. Uh-huh. And after that, it's like whatever. Huh. So, you know, just have to see. I have to see. That's crazy. I was so bummed when the new Fifty Two got rebooted because that was—I thought that had some of the best storytelling. And then, uh, most of it, I would say most of it, early um, stuff maybe. And I'm when yeah, I'm speaking of new like, Fifty Two, I mean Superman and Batman. Uh, I thought I thought actually the first like thirty issues, thirty five issues of, of New Fifty Two Flash run was some of the best Flash that no for one sure. Really read. Yeah, and then I um, I also really liked Animal Man for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire, of course. Um, right. Swamp Thing wasn't bad either. Um, I think um, Snyder was Scott Snyder was writing that at the time. Maybe might have been. Anyway, that, that's always that's his, he's always got great stuff. So yeah. Anywho, so new fifty-two. I mean, not new fifty-two. Five uh, G, huh? Fifth generation. So five G, fifth generation is on the horizon. So they're so they're saying they're acknowledging this is the fifth time they've rebooted. I think so. I think so. God, this is stupid. <laughs> I mean, just keep telling stories. Why does it have to be packaged in this weird restart gimmicky thing? Because you know they're not going to you know they're not going to do a hard reboot for any of the characters. You can't sales. They wouldn't even do it with New Fifty Two. They wouldn't reboot Bat. They rebooted every other character, but they wouldn't with Batman. I mean, it's so, all about sales. So man. it made it a really confusing hodgepodge for a while. Yeah. Man. No, we'll have to see what happens and what shakes out with it. But uh, again, I you know we're just speculating at this point. We don't know the actual state of what's going to happen and what what the plan is. Mm-hmm. But it is in the pipeline, and it it is something that is happening and. It's something that we're going to talk about. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's uh, have a word from our sponsor, Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles. JP, you've got this uh, down. Why don't you go ahead and ramble off the info? Yes, indeed. Our sponsor is Rainbow Comics Cards Collectibles. We're at beautiful 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If you're in Lincoln, Nebraska, check us out at 1501 Pine Lake Road, Suite 17. You can check out Tim and the guys down there. always doing a great job. And if the store isn't open, Check us out online, rainbowcomicsandcards.com, where we're open 24 hours a day. You know, and the thing is, we don't just, like, spout this off. I know I kind of made light of it going, go ahead and ramble off the info. But we, <laughs> I honestly, and, and my friends, too, and JP's friends, um, Rainbow is part of our lives. You know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's where I go on Wednesdays to meet my friends, and I go there Saturday night to hang out with you. And um, it's just kind of like... The, for me, you know, this eternal nerd, for me, it's the proverbial uh, barbershop, right? 
you go in, yeah, shoot no, shoot the breeze with the guys, and then head on out and go home. Yeah, I'd pick up your comics, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a shop that has become more than a shop and more than um, more than just a place to pick up your books. You know, it's become a hangout. It's become a um, a uh, a mecca, if you will, of, of certain people. And um, sometimes people just come in; they don't buy anything. They just want to come in and talk. Yeah, they just want to come in and hang out. Yeah, because of the quality of the shop and the people who work there. I mean, we've and, got um, they really make you feel like family. You know, and then you've got your, your regulars there, like myself, and and then of course there's JJ, and then there's uh, TR, and then there. You know what I mean? You've got all these guys that mm-hmm. are we loosely all know each other. But you and uh, the crew at Rainbow are really the glue that holds all of this together. And right, right. Uh, I, I can't express to people that don't live there near Sioux Falls that it's such a rare thing to see that around a comic book store. Um, it is, yeah. It takes it takes um, a lot of time and a lot of people who truly care about um, not only the store but people as customers and people as people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, at the end of the day, you know, we're selling stuff and, and – um, lights aren't free and the heat's not free to keep yeah. the store open but but there's an inherent love of what we do and that's why we're there you and know that's I mean, why i think the shop has lasted as long as it has i've visited a lot of comic book shops i always try to seek one out whenever i go on a trip or something and yeah. most of them that i find are just you know like maybe a one-man operation of a dude sitting behind a small tv that he's watching the comics are kind of organized nicely um I don't know. You, it's just, and it's never like people hanging out and stuff like that. But with Rainbow, it really feels like it's a clubhouse. Like, um, absolutely. I can feel like my, you know, the VFW guys. Okay, this is a, this is not the same analogy. I'm not saying we're veteran, veterans, but they go there to find their buddies. You know what I mean? That that have they have similar histories with. You know. No, hundred percent. You're not wrong in that in that comparison. It's it's a place where people can go and just relax. Once you walk through the door, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what your fandom is, uh, as long as you're a good person and um, you like what you like, we treat you good, and and that's why people why people keep coming back and why it's still open today. And oh, for sure, I can't. Why we're rocking, man? Why I mean, we're the institution? Honestly, Wednesdays is my favorite day of the week. New comic. Book I wish day. I could say the same. Yeah, for for you, for for you, maybe Tuesday night is better. I mean, because Tuesday night Wednesdays are just busy. That's all. Tuesdays you actually get the book, so that you for you it might be Tuesday might be like the better day. Wouldn't you say? Uh, Tuesdays I have day off, so I don't. I'm not down at the shop doing anything. So uh, Tuesdays is always great, but uh, I love Wednesdays just because I get to see everybody. But yeah, it's busy. It's it's ten hours of slinging books and um, uh, doing the work and yeah, um, you know, going to town. I mean, it, it's a job. You know what I mean? Like yep. at the end of the day, it, it's fun and it's fun and games on paper. But you still got to do it, and um, uh, there's a certain professionalism that needs to be handled with it. So yeah, yep. Did, I wish I could just like you know people are like oh I wish I could work at the comic shop. It's just like hanging out and reading books all day. It's like no. Nah. It really isn't. <laughs> no, yeah. Every job, every job has its um, um, work aspects to it. You know, I love yep. a lot of stuff about my job, um, especially at the new the the school that I'm at now. Um, but at like you said, at the end of the day, it's still work, and I'm still getting. By the end of the day, I'm just beat to crud because I'm tired. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But absolutely. Someone's got to do it though, but I'm glad it's us, and I'm glad it's the guys at Rainbow. Oh, I know. And, uh, come on down and see us. Come on down and see us. If you've never been to the shop, or if you're a first time listener, please come on down to the shop. We have a great time, and uh, we treat everybody um, 
okay, you know, the same so, way, whether, whether you're a new fan, an old fan, um, anywhere. Hey, so if you're planning a trip to the Midwest and South Dakota in general, hit Sturgis and the Mount Rushmore on the uh, west side of the state, and then come on to the exact opposite side, about 500 miles away to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That should be your next stop. This is like the wall drug of comic books, really. <laughs> if you don't, no T-Rex, though. <laughs> if you don't know what wall drug is, it is the world's largest um, scam, really. And... <laughs> <laughs> talk about a tourist trap you see signs for wall drug two three hundred miles before you get there and oh yeah and it's wall like drug is for you know yeah, wall drug is like gimmick the gimmicky of gimmicky yes just, you yeah. get there and it is a letdown oh they put the ick in gimmick that's for sure yep um anyway uh we'll let you guys go i want to go to bed i got to go see my kids before they go to bed um so for smash and grab comics it's been Tyler. It's been real. I'm been Tyler. See, I'm tired. It's been Tyler. What's that? <laughs> it's it's been Tyler. It's the yeah. name of a horror flick. Yep, it's been Tyler. Uh, <laughs> and uh, across the interwebs, phone lines from me is uh, my good buddy JP Jones. We are wishing you guys a good night. Peace out, guys. Later.